I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to season three of Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story. So if you haven't listened to seasons one and two yet, I'd recommend starting there. Also, just a heads up, there is some swearing and adult themes in this show. Chapter 38 Apollo and I. Oh no, that's not right, James slurred, shaking his head at Lana and Steve. I'm sorry, Brooklyn, Lana breathed. Sorry? Lana, what the fuck? It just kind of happened, she said. There are hundreds of guys in this bar, Lana. Why Steve? Because I like him. But he's my... What? She challenged me, hands on her hips. He's your what, Brooklyn? We came here together. You've barely talked to me this whole trip, Brooklyn, Steve pointed out. Yeah, because you were mad at me. I didn't know what to... Don't try and make this my fault. But it is your fault, Brooklyn. I never would have gone for Steve if I thought you actually cared about him. But you don't. We both saw you kissing Apollo just now. But that's not the point. Yeah, it is, Lana insisted. What's the deal with Apollo, Brooklyn? Steve demanded. Were you both just cheating on Amanda and me this whole time? No! I don't believe anything you say. Steve? No. You don't get to be all secretive and shady and then act all affronted when people are shady back. Lana shrugged again, half defiant, half sorry. I tried, Brooklyn, I really did. But when I saw you and Apollo, I just didn't understand why I was holding myself back from this really great guy who I liked a lot out of loyalty to that. Steve put his arm around Lana's waist supportively, and suddenly I felt sick. You okay, Brookie? James asked, steadying me as I swayed slightly in the wind. I want to go home. I'll take you, he said kindly. I don't think Bree's here anymore anyway. Brooklyn, Lana began again. I turned my back on her. I could understand where she and Steve were coming from, but it didn't make me feel any less rejected or betrayed. Lana was so beautiful. I'd always been a little intimidated by that. And now she'd stolen a guy from me within days. And even though I knew deep down that they were both right, and that I secretly wanted Apollo way more than I'd ever wanted Steve, it hurt. James and I walked out onto the sandy main road and began trying to flag down a cab. Are you guys going home? Apollo asked, rushing over to us. Can I join? I'm exhausted. James assented in a disinterested fashion as a taxi stopped on the curb for us. He, like me, was emotionally drained. I climbed into the back. Apollo chivalrously gave James the front and joined me. I told the taxi driver our address in Spanish, and he began slowly driving away. Wait! Brie! James cried. The club was disappearing into the distance, but we could see Brie dancing on top of a table with Britt. Stop! Uh, Brooklyn, can you tell him to stop? I translated for the driver and James ran out before the car had come to a complete stop. 
The driver shook his head, ranted in rapid Spanish, and begrudgingly continued toward our destination. Brooklyn, I'm sorry for trying to kiss you just now, Apollo murmured. I opened my mouth to say, it's fine. But then I stopped, because it wasn't fine, and I didn't need to follow my knee-jerk instinct to make him feel better about it. So we rode back to the villa in silence. I shivered as we reached the front door. The night had gotten chilly, or maybe it was just the sudden breeze on my wet feet and damp clothes. Apollo turned the handle, then stopped. It's locked. The spare key should be in here, I said, picking up a potted plant next to the doormat. It wasn't. We looked at each other, then Apollo knocked, and knocked again. Nothing. We rang the doorbell. Once, twice, three times, nothing. Soon I was ringing the doorbell nonstop and Apollo was pounding on the door in a headache-inducing chorus, but no one came and opened it. Is no one home? Apollo demanded. Amanda should be at least, I said, and whoever used the spare key and forgot to put it back. Apollo looked squeamish at my mention of Amanda and continued banging on the door. After at least 15 minutes, we were forced to accept that no one was going to let us in. How drunk are they all? I shivered. I don't know. Apollo put his arm around me in an attempt to warm me up. I'm fine. I pushed him away. Oh, I squatted down and put my head in my hands. Just when I thought this night couldn't get any worse. Apollo frowned and began looking through the bushes that lined the walkway up to the house. His apparent lack of concern made me feel even worse. Part of me had been hoping he'd try and kiss me again, even though I knew it was a terrible idea. Aha, he said triumphantly. I looked up, hopefully, but he didn't have the keys. Instead, he was holding an enormous, unopened bottle of tequila. I remember Bentley stashing this here the other night. How does that help us in any way? Well, if we're spending the night sleeping on the porch, we might as well have some fun doing it. I glared at him, but accepted the bottle when he handed it to me. So, you're leaving, he said. Yeah, I smiled. I still can't quite believe it. Kind of feels like I'm dreaming, especially after seeing Lana and Steve making out at the club. What? Apollo choked on his latest sip of tequila. Yep. Wow. I did not see that coming. Why not? Lana's gorgeous. Yeah, but so are you, Apollo said simply, sitting down next to me so that we were shoulder to shoulder on the steps of the villa. Thanks, but Lana's basically a supermodel, so... She is beautiful, he said slowly. But if I had the option, I'd still pick you. Why? Because you're just as beautiful, and you're you. Either he was an Oscar-level actor, or he was being sincere. I looked over at him, and he leaned towards me. Our noses touched. God, I wanted to so badly, but I couldn't. I stood up abruptly. Hot tub. What? The hot tub on the other side of the house. Let's go there to warm up. I'm freezing. Okay, he agreed, and we made our way around the side of the villa toward the terrace. As we began to ascend the stairs up to the hot tub and pool area, though, Apollo froze. What? I asked. Do you hear that? I don't know what you... Then I heard it, too. A giggle. Great, someone is here, I said, charging up to the top of the steps. Brooklyn, 
Apollo grabbed my arm and pulled me back. Let go, I broke off. Gemma and Stu were in the hot tub, and they did not look like they wanted company. Apollo pulled me down behind some plants with him. Do you think they saw us? I hissed, mortified. No, they seem very preoccupied with each other. Let's get out of here, I whispered. Apollo nodded enthusiastically, and we skulked all the way back down the steps. Where should we go now? Apollo asked. I didn't answer his question, but somehow both of us found ourselves walking toward the beach. It was very dark now, and I flinched as something long and slithery tickled my leg. What's wrong? Apollo asked as I let out a muffled squeal. Snake, snake, I think it's a snake. He picked me up to disentangle me from whatever it was. I clinged shamelessly like a koala to his torso while he shone a light from his phone down toward our feet. Is this what you felt? he inquired, pointing at a low-lying vine. Perhaps, I said, with dignity, hopping back down. I let him take the lead. Whoa. His eyes widened as we turned the last corner before the beach. What, I asked, fully prepared to use him as a human tree again if there were any more slimy things creeping around. He turned off his phone light and everything went very dark. What are you doing? I demanded, rushing around the bend behind him and smacking into his broad back. He caught me before I fell and pointed toward the beach. The ocean was glowing, a bright, milky blue. It looked like millions of turquoise stars had fallen from the sky into the water. What is that? I breathed. Bioluminescence, I think, he said. What does that mean? Oh, sorry. It's basically a bunch of organisms that make light. I remember learning about them in one of my bio classes. It's magical. It really is. I walked dreamily toward the shore, reaching out to touch the twinkling water. Oh, I wouldn't do that, he advised. Why not? It's so pretty. Yeah, but you really shouldn't touch it. I'm not going to touch it, I said defiantly, taking off my shirt. I'm going to swim in it. No. He pulled my waist and held me back. Don't touch me, Apollo, I said irritably, trying and failing to get away. It can make you sick if you swim in it, Brooklyn. Oh, I slumped back into his arms. Why do you have to know everything about everything? It's so annoying. I don't know everything about everything he said gently, pulling my hips into him. Not even close. But I do know that I'm an idiot. I craned my neck to look back at him. What? I'm sorry for everything. And I know it's probably too late, but I want to be with you, Brooklyn. I just want you to know that. You do? Of course I do. How could I not? Brooklyn, who wouldn't want you? He was gazing down at me. The blue light from the water reflected spectacularly in his eyes. And it wasn't real. Because this wasn't real life. Because in real life, the ocean isn't filled with millions of sapphire stars. And beautiful men like Apollo aren't holding you in their arms. Maybe it was because it was our last night in Costa Rica. Maybe it was to say goodbye. Maybe it was because I was tired of trying to untangle the thoughts in my mind 
and wanted just for once to give in to my pounding heart. All I know for sure is that the rocks lay coarse beneath our feet, and only the moon saw as he kissed me, and only the moon knows that I kissed him back. And as it retreated shyly behind a cloud in the violet sky, we fell together into the sands of what should not have been. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Brooklyn... Brooklyn, we gotta go. Bree was pulling my arm. I moaned irritably and glared at her through glazed eyes. My mouth tasted like a cat's litter box, and my head felt like it was going to split apart. It's not my fault you're so hungover, Bree shrugged as she pulled me into the long lineup of tanned, tired-looking travelers. Why are you so hungover, by the way? I didn't answer her. She shook her head good-naturedly. James is a mess, too. Well, I thought I'd lost you forever, love, James said, putting his arm around her. I grimaced as he gave her a kiss. I was glad they seemed to have patched things up, but felt too shitty to rejoice about it just yet. Apollo and I snuck back into the villa just before dawn. Gemma and Stu had left the porch door unlocked when they'd gone in from the hot tub, so the two of us had managed to get back inside undetected, and when questioned about our whereabouts on the car ride to the airport this morning, we'd both led the rest of the group to believe we'd gotten home much earlier than we actually had. Steve had spent the night in Lana's room since Bentley had spent the night with another random girl, so there hadn't been any witnesses to the contrary. Amanda had a weird look on her face during that conversation, but that could have been because she was still not quite over her flu and had apparently had a horrible night's sleep. I dreamed that someone was ringing the doorbell for hours, she said wearily. It was awful. I think I had the same dream, Braylon frowned. I avoided Apollo's eyes. Us girls are sitting here, Gemma told Steve forcefully as he tried to take one of the four seats in the center row of the plane. But my ticket says, no, we need girl time. Gemma pushed him toward the row in front and ushered Bree, Lana, and I into the row with her. You can sit next to me, Steve, Apollo offered. 
Steve ignored him and shoved past to sit in the row in front with an already snoozing and drooling Braylon. Nope, I said, as Gemma attempted to pull Lana and I down into seats next to each other. I feel sick enough, Jem. Oh, don't be so dramatic, Brooklyn, Gemma said reproachfully. Dramatic? Jem, her and Steve. We know, Bree interrupted. Oh, okay, great. Then you understand why I don't want to sit next to her. I'm really sorry, Brooklyn, Lana said earnestly. I don't care, I said, massaging my temples and rummaging through my bag for more painkillers. Fuck, I groaned. I was out. Here, Lana said, handing me her own bottle of pills and some Gatorade. I don't want yours. Jem, do you have any? Oh, this is ridiculous, Bree snapped as the plane lurched, almost making me throw up, and began to move forward. What's ridiculous is what Lana did last night, I retorted through gritted teeth. I think an argument could be made that we've all been a little ridiculous on this trip, Gemma said good-naturedly, winking over at Stu. I gave her a stony look, took out my headphones, and placed them pointedly into my ears. Bree rolled her eyes, leaned over, and yanked them back out. Hey! You can listen to all the music you want to after you and Lana make nice. Seriously? You guys are taking her side? We're not taking sides, Gemma said quickly. We just want you guys to work it out because this is all stupid. Why are you mad about it, Brooklyn? Bree asked me kindly. Because she hooked up with my... I trailed off. What had Steve been to me anyway? Do you really care that much, Brooklyn? Gemma asked sagely. Yes. Why? Lana persisted. Because. I closed my eyes. My head hurt too much. I knew I was being hypocritical, especially after what Apollo and I had done last night. But none of them knew about that. And if I thought about it too hard, my head might explode. The plane began to move faster and faster. I'm sorry it went down the way it did, Brooklyn, and if I actually thought you liked Steve, I never would have done it, but given what I know... Okay, you're right, it's fine, I interrupted. Amanda was looking back at us curiously, and I could not let Lana keep talking. So we're good? Yeah, we're good. Can you please just let me sleep? Of course, Lana said, giving me a hug. I was definitely still angry at her, but right now... All I needed was for everyone to shut up. A tinkle of cutlery stirred me out of my stupor. The seatbelt sign was now off, and the flight attendants were serving refreshments. As they poured Lana a glass of orange juice, I realized that I desperately needed to pee. The water I'd been chugging all morning had done little to cure my hangover, and instead had simply run right through me. I waited for the trolleys to pass us, then made a beeline for the washroom. The one closest to us had a lineup of at least seven people. One of our washrooms appears to be out of order, a flight attendant announced apologetically to the grumbling crowd. So we've opened up the first-class lavatories to economy. They're just up that way. Since I was at the back of the line, this meant I was closest. I normally wouldn't have been so rude, but at this point, I was a few minutes away from wetting myself, so I bolted toward the front of the plane. There was only one person already in line for these toilets. Apollo. Hey, he said, his eyes wide and questioning. 
Hey, I responded, for a moment forgetting how desperately I needed to pee. Last night had been incredible, but a part of me expected him to pretend it hadn't happened or to say it was a mistake. We should talk, he said. Yeah, but not here, I said. If he was going to reject me, I could wait till we got back to Vancouver for that. I think we should talk now. I really have to pee, Apollo. The lavatory door opened and a middle-aged woman squeezed past us. Can I go first? I looked pleadingly at him. Will you talk to me after? No, I said, and with a sudden deft movement that surprised even myself, I ducked under his arm and into the stall. I grinned triumphantly and made to close the door, but he pushed it back open and crammed inside with me. Apollo, what? He locked the door behind him and straightened up. Brooklyn, are you okay? No, I really need to pee and there is a large man in this stall preventing me from doing so. Seriously, I want to make sure you're okay. Of course I'm okay. I frowned at him. Last night, I know you were drunk and I hope I didn't... I wanted to make sure you feel okay about what happened. Oh. Because we both drink a lot. Here it was, the rejection. I really didn't want to hear it. Yeah, we did, I agreed. It was a stupid, drunken mistake, and we never have to talk about it again, okay? He cocked his head to one side. Is that what you want? It's what has to happen. You're with Amanda, and I'm leaving anyway. Doesn't make sense to do anything else. I asked what you want, Brooklyn. His swirling caramel eyes bored into mine. Not what makes sense. I... Well, what do you want? I want you. I blinked at him. Even though he'd said it last night, I was surprised he was sticking to that now. What? I want you. But more than that, I want to make sure you're okay. Because I'm a lot bigger than you, so out of the two of us, I was definitely less drunk last night, and I feel like maybe I took advantage of a situation, and I didn't want that to be how it happened. Because I really like you, Brooklyn. You do? His caramel eyes widened earnestly. Yeah, I do. I know my actions haven't made it seem that way, and I know this situation is really messed up, but... The last thing I would want is for you to have done something you regret. I... but what about Amanda? I don't know. You still don't know? I mean, I'm going to break up with her, obviously. It's not obvious, Apollo, you stayed with her this whole time. I know, I fucked up, Brooklyn. But I was confused. Our parents are really good friends, and they kind of set us up a while ago, when you were still with Tyler. And then her and I were kind of casually seeing each other when you told me you'd broken up with Tyler, and I had to see you. I told myself it was just his friends, which was dumb, because I clearly cannot be your friend. And then... And then you decided to go on a romantic stroll with Amanda right after helping me move into my place? That was bad. I'm so sorry. I guess I was just trying to figure out what to do, and I thought I'd have a little bit more time to figure it out, but then... You two started working together, and I realized you knew each other, and it was just a lot. But I wanted to be with you, Brooklyn, I really did. But you wouldn't talk to me. And then that day when we bumped into each other at the Indian food place, you basically told me to go away. So I tried to do that. But then we ended up on this trip together, and all those feelings I had just kept coming back. 
And I would have left you alone if I thought you didn't feel the same way I did, but I, I couldn't shake the feeling that you did feel the same way, Brooklyn. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been so mad at me this whole time, and last night wouldn't have happened. Unless it only happened because you were drunk and you now regret it. I don't regret it. An odd combination of relief and guilt passed over his face. I mean, I regret doing that to Amanda, I added hastily, but I don't regret you. His face cracked into a warm smile. I feel the same way. But I really do have to pee, I reminded him. Right, yeah, sorry. We can talk about how to tell Amanda and everything later. Okay, I smiled. He bent down and kissed me gently on the forehead, then opened the door to leave. Maybe it would be best if we met up alone once we're back in van. What are you doing? Amanda was right outside the door, and it was evident from her expression that she'd heard everything Apollo and I had just been talking about. listening to season three of confessions of a new grad sorry for the cliffhanger again but don't worry season four is already in the works make sure you're following the show so that you can be the first to know when it comes out if you're enjoying the show please give it five stars on apple or spotify write a review share it on social media and tell your friends confessions of a new grad is written performed and produced by me greta craig rebecca montgomery does cover and episode artwork as well as editing the scripts Thank you to the Canada Council for the Arts for funding this season. For accompanying illustrations, exclusive news, and extra content, you can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. You can also find more information and get in touch via our website, confessionsofanewgrad.com. Special thanks to all the musicians who allowed us to use their work in this production. You can find the soundtracks in the episode descriptions. I love interacting with you and hearing your thoughts on the show or anything at all, so please feel free to continue to reach out to me on Instagram or via the show's website.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.